Natural Selections is supported by Tug Hill Tomorrow Land Trust, helping kids and their families fall in love with nature. Learn more at TugHillTomorrowLandTrust.org. Help me out with with the questions I have about the clothes moth, because I have direct personal experience with the clothes moth, and I want, essentially, I want to know how to get rid of them, but I am curious about them in that they eat wool. <laughs> it doesn't seem very appetizing to me. It's a, it's a weird niche, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be for us. I mean, we wouldn't be able to digest something like that. I mean, it's... Um, Wool would be, you could say, the fur or the hair of a sheep, right? So it's the same substance pretty much as our own hair and our fingernails. It's a protein called keratin, and it's resistant to digestion for most things, which is great, right? Because you don't want your hair rotting on your head or your fingernails decaying away and things. So it's a strange kind of a diet, and you figure, well, how would you get such a creature there? You know, and where do they live in the, the wild? I mean... The, the thing is, you know, I, I find uh, these little, I, I, I know what the moths look like now, and it's more like you see them moving. They're so tiny. You can just, like, perceive a movement, and then you have to, like, run after them and hmm. squish them because they make a, they eat the fabric, the wool or whatever you got, whether it's skeins of yarn or whatever, and they leave, you know, they must make this little case, hmm. and then I'm assuming the moth hatches out of that. So yeah. I never find the little larvae before the, I find this empty case and the moths, and that's how I know I have an infestation, which I don't right now, thank goodness, but just saying. Yeah, I've never seen them, so I was wondering, what's the big deal? The big deal? <laughs> well, when you have them, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And then my next question was, well, heck, you know, I didn't know moths would eat wool, and well, it turns out it's not the, the flying adult moth that does it. They don't even eat. Apparently, it got reduced mouth parts and but everything. they lay eggs. They lay eggs. So that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's there. what they're out there for. <laughs> and uh, so they get in there, and um, they also apparently uh, some they, they may actually leave scents uh, when the, the larvae hatch out of the eggs, the little caterpillars. They, they may actually uh, release a smell that attracts more of them, too. Oh, so, gosh. so they kind of know where to go. Hey, it's great in here. Hey, Come you. on in. <laughs> yeah. So it's the caterpillars that are eating right and um, they make a little case a little webby case out of silk that's one kind that crawls around in this little hollow tube that it makes mm-hmm. um, kind of like a caddisfly larva in a lake or a stream if you've ever seen those they make little oh, you cases mean it carries of, it around carries it around you know like a, a caddisfly uh-huh. larva makes you know a case out of you know conifer needles or whatever right. so they can walk around like that looking for food. And um, so there's another kind, though, that sort of weaves itself into the fabric with the silk threads as well. So That's, I think, what I have. It doesn't look like these guys are walking around. And of course, when you just find it later, it's a little late, you know, Mm -hmm. and you find the hole in your whatever, and you see this looks like an abandoned tube, but maybe quarter inch longer. So they're teeny. Yeah, yeah. So two basic kinds. And so you think, well, gosh, where would something like this live out in, in the wild? And it turns out they really don't live out in the wild in, a, in America hmm. or Europe. Uh, the speculation is they've only been in these city places for uh, a century or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely came from dry parts of Africa. And one speculation, it was that it, when uh, big game hunters started to go down there and bring back critters and uh, or tapestries from exotic places, they'd be in those things. They have much to answer for. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so here's the big question. I mean, 
as a householder, how do I get rid of them? Well, the traditional thing is mothballs, uh, naphthalene or other chemicals like that that go directly from this little snowball-looking thing, solid form, into a gas, basically a poison gas. And it's a nerve poison. So, you know, is it it's, poisoning uh, me as well? Well, in theory, in high doses, yeah, and um, possibly causes cancer. And it can, if you have respiratory problems, you don't want it. And some of them are flammable, oh. or you know, risk for kids and pets. So a lot of a lot of people are doing away with that and trying alternatives, which may not work as well. But uh, one thing it can do is freeze the clothing, and that kills the eggs of the larvae, or uh, dry clean them, or mm-hmm. use hot water. Mm-hmm. Or just vacuum them really good. Well, as a knitter and uh, as a person living in the northern climates who has a lot of wool sweaters, none of that sounds very practical. So um, I'm, I'm sad to hear that about mothballs, but I, I understand that they've been banned in some parts of the world. So I think uh, uh, deep caution about mothballs. All right. Thanks very much, Dr. Kurt Steger of Paul Smith College. I'm Martha Foley at St. Lawrence University. Natural Selections is produced by North Country Public Radio with natural sounds by Ted Mack. The program is underwritten by Paul Smith's, the College of the Adirondacks, 800-421-2605.